some fun, and it's going to be a good, good night tonight. We got Senator Ted Cruz joining us an hour and a half from now. Uh, the Ukraine thing, it's going pretty much as expected, which is not good at all. We have Christmas trees burning in New York in front of Fox News. Why? What's happening there? I will explain. Omicron is very, very scary. I have a fishing story about me getting sunk in a river and much, much more tonight on the Jesse Kelly show. But let us begin here. You know, one of the hardest things in life, one of the hardest things in life is admitting when someone is better than you at something you're passionate about. It's very, very difficult. It's just, look, human pride is what it is. And again, this doesn't matter if you're not passionate about it. Ah, oh, Jesse, you're you're the worst. You're the worst uh, artist in the world. Everybody can draw better than you. Yeah, I don't give a crap. I don't care about art. Oh, uh, you can't dance. Hundred percent true. Nor do I care to. I think you look ridiculous. Oh, Jesse, so and so is a. He's a my mentor, Michael Berry. Michael Berry's a way better radio host than you could ever be. Ooh, now that that hurts. I mean, I would probably agree with that, but oh, that that. That hurts the pride, right? That's something I'm passionate about, something I care about. You, you have a passion, and someone is a lot better than you at it. I have a passion, and someone is a lot better than me at it, and it hurts to talk about, but if we don't talk about it, we can never improve and never, ever, ever get to the place where we are competing with them on the same level. We'll never get to that place if we're, if we're not willing to be honest with ourselves. I'm going to play you a few things here, and they're going to sound a little disconnected, but I'm going to play for you something, and then we're going to have a little chat. This, this is the White House's very own Brian Deese from a press conference today talking about inflation. When you look at most of the, um, the increase in uh, food costs, you can isolate a significant portion of that to uh, meat, uh, beef, pork, and chicken in particular. Those are very concentrated industries where a small number of meat processors control the, uh, the industry. And so what you've seen is prices for the, the farmers uh, go up, prices for consumers go up, um, and uh, um, and uh, and profits for the meat processing uh, uh, companies in the middle um, go up. It's just a small number of things. It's just some meat. It's just beef and chicken. What are you What are you, what are you worried about? This this is Jim Cramer. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. This is Jim Cramer, MSNBC. To me, we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever seen. See that number this morning? That unemployment. Okay, that, that that's good enough, Chris. We have the strongest economy I've ever seen. Okay, all right. This, this is White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain from today. Hi, I'm Ron Klain, White House Chief of Staff. There's a lot of talk about how the economy's doing. Here are a few key facts that show the economy is growing and recovering under President Biden. Last week, the government reported that the unemployment rate's down to 4.2%. That's three years faster than experts predicted it would happen before we passed the rescue plan back in March. 
How many jobs? We've created six million jobs this year. That's more than any president in history has created in his first year in office. One reason we've created so many jobs, last year at this time, no Americans were fully vaccinated. Today, over 70% of all Okay, you get the general idea. I don't want to make you suffer through Ron Klain. And I want you to understand, I'm staring at 10 pieces of audio I could have played for you that have come out in just the last 48 hours, almost all of them with the exact same message. Oh, the economy isn't getting better. It's the greatest economy ever. Joe Biden might be the greatest economics president of all time. Look at these jobs and oh my goodness, I've never seen it so good. Life is good. So what does this have to do with being better or them being better about something we're passionate about? You're passionate about politics. You have a thousand options out there, if not more, of things you could be listening to at this very moment. You listen to me. You're passionate about politics. I'm passionate about politics. It is very, very, very difficult for us to then therefore admit how much better the communists are at politics than we are. And frankly, if I'm being honest, I worry they're better at politics than we could ever hope to be. And this is what I mean. You hear all this audio I just played for you about the economy and how great it is and life is good and whatnot. And here's, here's what you think. You think, well, okay, I'm getting broken at the gas pump. Uh, I, I know all kinds of people out of work. More people are getting fired with vaccine mandates. I know inflation is hurting me. I, this is, that's insane. He's lying. This is wrong. He can't. That's not true. Yes, you're right. It's not true. It is insane. He is lying. All, all that stuff's true. I'm not pushing back on you on that. You can understand their lies while at the same time understanding how truly, truly brilliant this kind of stuff is. You see, if you were president of the United States of America and the economy was doing exactly what it's doing now, remember we have all these numbers out there, 45% of American families already experiencing hardship, gas prices over $5 a gallon in some places, I mean, just breaking normal people. Normal people are being broken. If that was taking place under your presidency, here's what you would want to do because of your values, because, because you're a good person. Here's what you would want to do. You would get up and you would probably say something to the effect of, uh, you know, I'll be honest, it hasn't gone quite as well as we had hoped. Uh, we are bringing in some extra people. We're, we're going to try to get some things turned around. We're going to make some tweaks on some things, uh, see if we can't get the price down at the pump. We feel bad about that. I, it hasn't gone the way we wanted, but we're, we're digging it. That's what you would be tempted to do. That's what you would be tempted to say. The communist doesn't think like you. He's better at politics than you will ever be or that I will ever be. The communist understands, okay, if the economy is going bad, I not only don't acknowledge the economy's going bad, I double and triple down and I go on a sustained, coordinated campaign repeating time after time after time after time. The economy's amazing. Oh, the economy. This economy's incredible. You're welcome, America. Joe Biden has saved the place. They see the approval numbers. They know you hate him. They see the gas prices. They know normal people can't afford them. They see the inflation. They, they know they know everything you're going through right now. They do know. They're aware of it. They're, trust me. If there's one thing politicians are aware of, it's poll numbers. They know what you're going through. But they choose to lie. 
and not little lies either. And propagandists throughout history have understood the importance of telling huge lies. You, you have values. You probably don't lie, or at least lie very rarely. No, honey, that dress doesn't make you look fat. You know, little white lies like that. Or if you do, it's it's a little lie. You know, you feel a little icky, but you had to tell a little lie. Yes, boss, I really was sick. I swear I wasn't golfing yesterday morning. It would never occur to you to flat out look up at the sky, see that it's blue, and then turn to the entire American population and say, that sky is green. Isn't that awesome? Look at the green sky. The thought of something like that probably needs you. Probably, probably leads you to, to, to the shower. Oh, I got to scrub all the icky off me. The communist does not think in this way. The communist understands a sustained, coordinated campaign with massive lies is effective. When you look at most of the, um, the increase in uh, food costs, you can isolate a significant portion of that to uh, meat, uh, beef, pork, and chicken in particular. Those are very concentrated industries. Where small- it's just a small, look, it's just, a, look, okay, you can't afford groceries, no big deal. It's a small, it's a, stop whining. It's a tiny, it's a tiny percentage of the industry. It's fine. To me, we have the strongest economy. Perhaps I have ever seen. See that number this morning, that unemployment number? It's the best in years. It's not best in 69. We have all spotted the endless help wanted signs, the housing and apartment shortages, the tremendous demand for goods and services. A marvel to behold. Oh, people are confident about their jobs. I say fantastic. And the ability to even get better ones if they want to. They're spending more than I've ever seen, but they're doing it with cash, not on credit. They're doing so in a roaring 20s style. How about that? Oh, oh, unless we forget. White House chief of staff. Remember, these are coming from separate entities. These are all separate entities, all dropping in a 48-hour period. Things aren't just good. Things are great. Hi, I'm Ron Klain, White House chief of staff. There's a lot of talk about how the economy is doing. Here are a few key facts that show the economy is growing and recovering under President Biden. Last week, the government reported that the unemployment rate's down to 4.2%. That's three years faster than experts predicted it would happen before we passed the rescue plan back in March. It's not only a huge recovery, it's faster than even the experts could have imagined. Didn't you know? Stop complaining about the gas pump. And you know what? Let's talk about the sky is green and the burning of Christmas trees in New York. We're going to talk about that in a second. But speaking of Christmas, I love the emails I've been getting. I I showed up today and Chris had printed off so many for me about people cleaning up at my pillow. It is the ultimate at Christmas. It, It makes your life easier, does it not? You don't have to agonize over what to get your husband for Christmas. One thing I promise you, I don't know your husband personally, I promise you this, he loves a good night's sleep. You're looking for something for your mom, your wife? One thing I know, and I don't know your wife or your mom personally, she loves comfortable pajamas. I guarantee it. And right now, the the original MyPillow that was $69.98, it's $19.98. Don't go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code JESSE and buy one. Go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code JESSE, and buy five. That's Christmas time, baby. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE, or call 800-845-0544. It is 
the Jesse Kelly Show. We're going to get to this uh, Christmas tree burning in New York City. What happened? Why did it happen? What happened after the fact? We're going to talk about that in about 10 minutes from now, but I, I, I want to clarify something. I've said this before. You've heard it before on the show. I'm going to say it again. My sky is green, little stupid theory I roll out. It's true. The left now, they tell huge, huge lies. They know they'll be effective, very, very effective. When you hear Joe Biden, Ron Klain, Jen Psaki, Jim Cramer, every other Tom, Dick, and Harry, Brian Reese, Brian D. step up out there and say, oh, economy's bad. <laughs> it's the best economy ever. You pull your hair out and say, that's a lie. I can't even afford groceries. What are you talking And you're right to be angry, and you're right to point it out. But understand this. These people could convince at least half the United States of America the sky is green. You don't believe me? Walk with me here through this theory once again. If they woke up tomorrow morning and they decided they wanted the American public to believe the sky is green, here's what would happen. They would do, well, just what they did with the economy. They called in the American media. This was a story that came out a couple days ago. The American media got called in by the Biden administration so they could change their messaging on the economy. They would call in the American media and have a meeting like that. Hey, guys, um, look, we're getting ready to roll out our Sky is Green program. Pretty ambitious. We need you guys, since you agree with us on everything, uh, we need you guys to go ahead and go along with that. The president would get up, make a statement. His spokesman would make a statement. You'd be screaming, what are you talking about? I'm looking at the sky. It's blue. And yet media program after media program after media program would immediately begin running sky is green segments. And not just with the opinion hosts either. They wouldn't have to look far to find a scientist or 10 who relies on government grant money who will show up in his fancy degrees and his little little bifocals and he'd say, look, I've been doing this research for years and I actually, I've known the sky is green. I can't believe there are idiots out there who think the sky is blue you'd have hollywood actor after hollywood actor after hollywood actor putting up little instagram videos wow what a green sky they would make hollywood movies lots of them in fact probably all of them and all of a sudden the sky would be green in them You'd have professor after professor after professor. We're not even talking about grade school yet. You'd have professors across the United States of America failing to pass college students who don't write down on their exam and acknowledge the greenness of the sky. Your kid, when you send little little Aiden, Jaden, and Braden off to kindergarten, they would be singing songs about the green sky, green sky, green sky. Half your pastors, you know the useless ones who were whining about white privilege last summer? Half your pastors would get up and say, look, I've, I've read the Bible and I'm telling you, Jesus would want you as a Christian to acknowledge the green sky. I know you're upset about it. Turn the other cheek. That's the only verse I know. They'd be writing songs about it. It would become federal policy with virtually every single department. The Pentagon, just like they now have a, a, a climate change division, The Pentagon would immediately be getting involved in things like this. In fact, your child, who you're so proud of, you got to send him off to West Point. He's going to graduate as as an officer in the U.S. Army, an incredible degree. It's such an awesome thing. Only he would have to learn about the green sky while he was in school. There'd be books written. 
and people would write books about them, and then immediately they'd go on all the news programs, and those books would be promoted at the top of the page on every single book-selling website out there, time after time after time after dime. Months, five, six months, you could go run a poll, and 50% of, the, of America would believe the sky was green. And you know I'm right. And you, right now, you can look up at the sky and say, Jesse, there's just no way. I'm looking at the sky. The sky is blue. There's no possible way half the country will believe that sky is green. Half the country believes Donald Trump was a Russian agent. Half the country believes Brett Kavanaugh was an alcoholic serial gang rapist. Half the country believes... America's cops are a bunch of racists hunting down black men for sport. Half the country believes half the country's gay. Half the country believes that SUV you drive is warming the planet or cooling it. I can't, I can't, I can't remember which one we're on now. Whatever, it's just changing. That's why they just went to climate change. That way, that way it's, it's all encompassing. Half the, comp- half the country believes women in this nation were oppressed before the passage of the 19th Amendment. Half the country believes America is an evil colonial power, uniquely evil, and we've done things that no other nation would dream of doing. Do I have to keep going? You see, the sky is green, and they can make people believe it if they want to. That is the truth. When the Biden administration steps up, and you, you're looking at chaos around right now, aren't you? You're, looking, you're wanting to know why trees are burning in front of Fox News in New York City. You're wanting to know why you can't afford gas prices. You're wanting to know why people are getting shot in droves. I'm going to talk about the all-time homicide highs here in just a second. New York, Rochester, Philly, all kinds of places. Oh, we're going to get to all that. You, you would like some solutions to these problems. They don't do things in that way because nobody... No one leading our cultural institutions now is genuinely interested in promoting anything except themselves, in improving anything about this country. We have a society now where our cultural leaders are all rotted, and they all share the same three characteristics, and you already know what they are. Every one of our cultural leaders, from our actors to our professors to our, to our politicians, all of them, one, no love of country, two, No, and I mean no ability to relate to the real world at all. These people live in the biggest bubble you've ever seen in your life. And three, and this honestly may be the most damaging one of all of them, they really do believe they should rule over you. They believe they're entitled to it. The wildest thing about the Biden administration's sustained lying campaign about how great the economy is, the wildest thing about it truly is none of these people are sitting down in the White House and saying, hey, man, People can't afford gas. Look, I know we got a politic, but people can't afford gas. We got to do something different. Not one person because they don't think that way. Let's talk about burning Christmas trees in New York City. Hang on. And every word that I say is true. You, got- you don't really want to know just how far it's gone. It is. Jesse Kelly Show, 877 I'm going to tell you my fish story. Well, 
kind of a fish story. It's not the one where I murdered my son's fish. It's the one where I sunk a boat. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, oh yeah, I'll get to that in a minute. About 30 minutes from now, I'm going to get to the fish story. We got Ted Cruz an hour from now. It's going to be a great night. And of course, tomorrow, ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions into jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All right, it was big news yesterday, this Christmas tree burning in New York. Fox News building in New York. I've been in it several times. At Christmas time, they put a big Christmas tree out front. Some guy went and burnt it. Immediately, everybody's thinking it's left-wing terrorism and all these other things. And I guess in in some way it could be because there's been all kinds of left-wing terrorism. Remember when Daryl Brooks, the racist black nationalist, got in his SUV and mowed down 60 white people? Remember that? I remember that. Anyway, forgetting about that. It turned out it was some vagrant. The guy is a nutball. I I don't know. I'm sure he's probably drugged out of his mind. Whether it's drugs or not, he is a complete and total nutball. He set fire to the tree. Then he got released immediately without bail after they arrested him. I just want you to remember something. So I'm going to get to some emails. We We got other things to get to here. I just want you to remember something I've said time and time again. This is on purpose. The destruction is intentional. They turn loose people who will do bad things because they want you to feel scared. They want you to feel like everything is chaotic. They want innocent people to get hurt because that's when people look for real solutions. And I should probably expand on that real quickly. Why? Why why does the communist, why does he know that there's a better chance for you to seek him out when you're scared, when it's chaotic. Well, why does that happen? I, I don't, here, here's why it happens. The human mind prioritizes safety above all for the most part. For the, now, I realize there are tales of courage and people set their safety aside. I'm not talking about that, but I, I'm, this is an example I've used before and I'll use it again. You take a woman, a mother, And she has her two babies with her. She has two kids with her. And she is on a small boat, a life raft. Their ship went down. She's on a life raft out in the middle of the ocean. And the life raft gets a couple holes in it. And water is starting to come in. And she's in the middle of the ocean. And you have another boat. Another boat spots them and cruises on up to her. And they reach a hand out to help her in the boat. Now, she doesn't know anything about that crew. That could be a pirate crew. That that crew may, may choose to enslave her, sell her to China for organ harvesting, murder them all, chop them up into little pieces. She doesn't know anything about that crew, but she will absolutely take that guy's hand and get out of that boat with her kids. Because when people feel danger... They will seek anything that presents itself as safety. The communist, and Lenin did this endlessly. He was brilliant at it, sadly. Uh, He knows, I need violent street groups to commit acts of violence and terror all over the place, make these people feel unsettled, and then I will stand there and rise up and say, look at how crazy this is. Vote for me. And I will handle this problem. We're, we're going to get this problem taken care of. Vote for me. Make people miserable. And they'll do anything 
to seek out safety. That's what you're seeing in city after city after city. We're going to get to these homicide numbers in a little bit. I can't wait to talk to Senator Cruz about uh, Russia and Ukraine because basically he's an expert on that stuff. And he's going to understand things and know things about that that I simply don't know. Dear Perfect Radio Face Kelly. That's, you know, that's not nice. Is it only in the blue states where the media has managed to whip up this Omicron hysteria? My company, which is over 95% are fully vaccinated, has reissued a mask all-time mandate. What's going on in the great state of Texas? He said, thanks. He said, I can use his name. He's David in Maryland. Well, David in Maryland, I have some bad news for you, my brother. I end up having to go out and do several different things. Now, most of those things are actually, they're not in any way related to my radio job or my TV job. Remember, my TV shows on the first TV every single night, 9 p.m. Eastern. I actually have Mark Meadows, Trump's chief of staff, on tonight. But I have to go out and do a bunch of things. And it's not because of my job. It's because my wife is one of these social people. And when I get off work, I want to go home and I want to watch a documentary and have a a glass of bourbon and I want to read a book and I just want to sit there. I just want to be left alone. But the wife is one of those people. She doesn't. She wants to be around other people. I know. I know. It's tiresome. Either way, long, long way of saying I'm around a lot of people all the time. I'm around people all the time who very much follow the news, too. I mean, they're not, most of them aren't really political, but they follow the news. These are people, various levels of success in life, but they follow the news. I have not heard the word Omicron from a single person down here. I was just, you remember, I had to go to my, uh, the band concert for both of my sons the other night. And this was, this was held in a big auditorium. And I'm guessing on a number here, I would say, 500 people were in there, maybe, probably 500 people. And at one point in time, there was intermission, which I was grateful for because it was finally some relief on the ears. But I stand up during intermissions. I like to stretch the legs out. I can't sit for long periods of time. It drives me crazy. So I stand up and I'm just standing there and uh, had some people come over and they're talking to me. And I saw a guy walk by me with a mask on. It was so out of place. And this was what? This was Tuesday night. Oh, shoot. This was, yeah, two nights ago. This was Tuesday night. His mask was so out of place. One, it took me back a little bit. I didn't say anything or anything like that. I'm not rude. But it took me back a little bit, and I thought, oh, gosh, are people even still wearing those? And so I did a quick survey of this place. Again, I'm guessing on a number, but I would say 500 people in there. There was one other person with a mask on. Everyone sitting side by side, shaking hands, hugging, talking. I know what you're going through in your blue areas. I do. I do because I have to travel a bit for, for radio and TV. I, I, I know what you're going through. Part of the reason I tell you to move so much is this. The difference between how you and your family have lived your life for the past two years and how... People who live in places like Texas or Florida have lived their lives. It is drastic. The difference is drastic. Unless I've been on a plane, I haven't had a mask touch my face in a year. I haven't had a mask touch my face in a year. That is the difference. It is wild how fast the blue areas will succumb to any new bit of propaganda out there Telling them they should be scared, hide under your bed. But look, we've had this talk before. 
Let's have it again. Think about this. Really, really honestly, think about this. There are people out there who only watch CNN. Let's call it CNN. Who only watch CNN for their news. Now, I want you to, honestly, after you're done laughing at how stupid that person is, I want you to think about this. If you only watch CNN for your news, you never turn on the first TV, you never listen to my radio show, Fox News, pick your, but you never, you won't do any of that. Nope, it's CNN. It's CNN on all the time in the house. You live in a world entirely of make-believe, and you have no idea. You think about how misinformed that person is about quite literally everything. These blue states, that's what your neighbors watch. That's what the companies watch. That's what the state governments watch. They live in a world entirely of make-believe. Pack up your stuff if you can. I understand not everyone can. Pack up your stuff and get out. Life is too short to live like that. Oh, and by the way, life is too short for something else too. For letting these tech companies harvest and sell your data. Stop doing that. We are, we are, look, I've done it before too. I'm not pointing fingers at you at all. But we are enabling these companies to grow the way they've grown. We're enabling them to punish us the way they've punished us. You know there's a $5 billion class action lawsuit against Google right now in, Cal- in California? They're harvesting your data, even in incognito mode. Go to expressvpn.com slash jesse and sign up because then all your stuff gets rerouted through an encrypted server and your IP address is masked. Deny them access to the things you browse. Deny them access to information of yours that they will turn around and sell. Go to expressvpn.com slash jesse. That gets you three months free on a one-year package. ExpressVPN.com slash Jesse. You want to go after these tech companies? That's how. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. The Jesse Kelly Show. Look, it's a it's a heavier night here on the Jesse Kelly Show. Ordered some cheesesteak egg rolls before the show. And I mean, how great does that sound? Cheesesteak egg rolls. By the way, my fish story is coming up about 10 minutes from now, but ordered cheesesteak egg rolls before the show. Thinking to myself, man, this is gonna be dynamite. I sucked. They did suck, Chris. Chris liked them. Michael liked them. I didn't like them. What? My expectations were not too high. See, that's a lie. That's a bald-faced lie. I've, dude, I've, I'll be at Waffle House later on. I don't have high expectations. I'm not asking for a lot out of a cheesesteak egg roll. I thought there was, an, I know this is going to sound sacrilegious. I thought the meat-to-cheese ratio was way, way out of whack. Way too much meat, not enough cheese. And it's not like I don't like meat. I mean, look, it's, I'm not Kamala Harris, but I love meat. There wasn't near enough cheese in these things. If you're having a cheesesteak egg roll, you you got to jam some cheese in that bad boy. I don't want to have to go searching for the cheese. So, yeah, like I said, it's a heavy night on the show tonight. Don't forget tomorrow, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday for you new listeners on Fridays. I'm, I'm sure you can already tell the show's a little different anyway. On Friday, it's very different. There are no guests on Friday. 
There are no phone calls on Friday. There aren't really even headlines on Friday, unless something huge happens. If something huge happens, we're going to talk about it. But the entire show, all three hours, is me reading the questions you email in. Email your questions to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Email them in now. Chris is already starting to set them all aside. We've got a stack. It's going to be a good, good day. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Someone already emailed one in. It said, why do Jews usually vote Democrat? And there are a couple things with this. Uh, As you know, New York has a huge Jewish population, and New York is very blue, so that does play some kind of a role in it. But let's let's. I, I think I need to get a couple disclaimers out of the way here. Yes, about two thirds historically, about two thirds of uh, of Jewish people in America vote Democrat. However, probably the most hardcore freedom fighters I know on the right. A lot of them are Jews, too. So this is not a universal thing. It doesn't come with the, what's that thing you people wear on your head, Chris? Is that a, 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 a yarmulke? I got it. It's a yarmulke. It doesn't come with the yarmulke, all right, a Democrat voter registration. It doesn't. It really, it really truly, truly does not. But I, my old campaign manager was Jewish, and it's, we spent a ton of time together. You've heard me talk about him before. His family, I mean, really, really traditionally Jewish. I, and we're talking matzo ball soup and all the, the works. And so we spent a lot of time and talking about traditions and things like that and various religions. And I would, I would, I would have these conversations with him, just kind of picking his brain. Hey, I don't understand because he was one of the one of the first experiences I had with Jews, and he's, I mean, blood red. He might be to the right of me. And so that was, I, I said, I didn't understand. What am I looking at? And he said, Well, there are two things you do need to understand. One. There's a huge difference. Now, these were his words, not mine. He said there's a huge difference between being a practicing Jew and just culturally being Jewish. Oh, mom and dad were Jewish. He said, look, if you're a – most of the practicing Jews he knew, they're blood red. Blood red. If you're – mom and dad were Jewish, that's different. Then then you tend to drift away from that, I guess. He said that's one. And he said two. There's a little history for you that I didn't quite realize – Jews were historically, well, I mean, I knew this, obviously uh, Jewish people have gone through plenty of, uh, quite a bit of uh, anti-Semitism in this world, to put it mildly, but even in America, you know, America, remember John F. Kennedy was thought to be unelectable because he was Catholic. You don't for a Catholic today without a second thought, but remember prejudices tend to, they, they tend to get worse the further back in history you go. Well, there was a long time in the United States of America where Jews weren't really welcomed inside the government. They just were not. You know who changed that? FDR. FDR was pretty much the first to welcome Jews into the government. History is strong. History is very strong. Do you vote differently than your parents vote? I mean, I I know it exists. I know it happens. But how often does it happen, right? People complain about black people all the time. Why do they all vote for Democrat? Democrats are ruining their neighborhoods. and All that stuff's fine. I don't care. Make your argument what you want. But uh, if mom and dad voted Democrat, you're going to a big Thanksgiving. Grandpa's there talking about Democrats. Republicans suck. Dad's talking about how much Republicans suck. Mom says, oh, I'd never even let you date a Republican, son. 
that's difficult for you to come out of that and grow up as a Republican. Remember, that's that's powerful. I, I didn't even grow up in a political family. We never, ever, ever talked about politics at all. But I still remember I was in kindergarten, and this was, gosh, let me see if I'm, if, if I'm doing this right. I'm probably going to screw this up. I was in kindergarten, so that would have been Reagan's re-election, give or take. Yeah, I think it was or, or George Bush. I forget who the presidential election was, but we were starting to learn about politics in kindergarten. And there's a Republican and there was a Democrat there. And I had no idea what to do because we had never talked about politics. And we were just voting for president. We're going to have a class vote. Who's the class one? They were just teaching us politics. So I went home. That's the only political conversation I ever remember having with my parents. I went home. And just talk to my dad. Well, talk to my dad. I asked my dad a question, and in the way my dad, only my dad can, I said, Dad, are we Republicans or Democrats? And he kind of looked at me with a scowl. I, I'm, I'm six years old, and I remember this. And he said, we're Republicans. And he just walked away. And yet I grew up knowing, because of that one talk, I was a Republican. Now our family values, anyway, the values, you know, hard work and all that stuff, pull, your, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, made me more naturally inclined to be a Republican anyway. That was going to be inevitable. Only now I'm an anti-communist, not a Republican. But still, tradition is powerful. It's very, very powerful. And I get that question about Jews a lot. And that's not just because of Chris. I don't understand. They, they have all these great traditions and family values, and then they vote Democrat. Tradition is a powerful, powerful thing. It's hard to break away from what mom and dad did. It's very hard, and it's really, really hard if it's generations. Forget mom and dad. It was grandpa. It was great grandpa. That's hard to change. All right. I have been promising you for days a story about me um, sinking a boat. That's coming up next. Jesse Kelly Show. Don't forget, we got Senator Ted Cruz coming up about 25 minutes from now. And I have breaking news for you. Breaking news. But first, before we look, before we even get to the breaking news, this is my fault. I've waited. Honestly, you know, I don't apologize, but this was my screw up. All right. I, I waited way too long. It's, it's way too deep in the show for me to just now be playing this for you. Our commander-in-chief got up and spoke today, and I, I haven't played it for you. And you know what? That's not necessary. Chris, please uh, roll the leader of the free world. But at the end of the day, we've always found ways to come together. We can find that unity again. Then the message said, end of message. Ron Burgundy thing and reading the teleprompter verbatim. (laughs) All right. All right. I do actually have breaking news, believe it or not. Jesse Smollett, he has been found guilty on five of the six charges. And for anyone who forgot, I realize you haven't forgot because, I mean, my word, how much fun have we had at the expense of Jesse Smollett? (laughs) Let's, Let's take a little walk down memory lane. He's an actor. He was an actor on that show Empire. I never saw it. I guess it was pretty popular for a while. Pretty big show. And he announces one day 
that – well, he actually calls the cops and says that he has been the victim of a racially motivated hate crime by Donald Trump supporters. And he claimed this. He claimed they attacked him <laughs> at 2 a.m. in Chicago. Chicago, that's like 150 percent Democrat. <laughs> Nevertheless, not only did he claim these guys attacked him and put a noose around his neck and poured bleach on him. He was still wearing the noose around his neck when the cops show up. People forget about that little tidbit of the story. It was so stupid. And look, my favorite part was all the media in this country and the Democratic Party. I have public statements from Joe Biden and Kamala Harris condemning this evil act. All the media being so very concerned. Oh, I can't believe it's like Jim Crow. Here was Jesse Smollett with Robin Roberts. And they, they were very concerned. I'm pissed off. What is it that has you so angry? Is it the, the attackers? It's the is attackers, it? but it's also the attacks. It's like, you know, at first it was a thing of like, listen, if I tell the truth, then... That's it, because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Then it became a thing of like, oh, how can you doubt that? Like, how do, you, how do you not believe that? It's the truth. And then it became a thing of like, oh, it's not necessarily that you don't believe that this is the truth. You don't even want to see the truth. Why do you think you were targeted? I can just assume, I mean, I come really, really hard against 45. I come really, really hard against his administration. And I don't hold my tongue. I want to ask you about Jesse Smollett. I think that's horrible. Uh, It doesn't get worse, as far as I'm concerned. Were you aware that he made that statement? I saw it. I don't know what to say to that, you know? You know, I appreciate him not brushing over it. And there is no doubt in your mind what motivated this attack. I could only go off of their words. I mean, who says empire, this MAGA country, Okay, I can't take any more. <laughs> that was maybe the best part. This is MAGA country in downtown Chicago at 2 a.m. <laughs> yes, certainly a uh, right-wing hotbed, that downtown Chicago at 2 a.m. Gosh. Well, either way, the breaking news is the verdict has been in. is in. He's been found guilty on five of the six counts. I don't know. Look, you know how these celebrities are. You're well aware of how these things go. I'm sure he has $1,000 an hour lawyers. He'll probably get two hours of community service and call it a day. But let's just look. look I'll, I'll get to my fish story. I know I promised you the, the fish story. I, I get, I'll get to it and I'll get to your phone calls. 877-377-4373. But let's just be honest. Jesse Smollett did a race hoax on himself for the exact same reason Oprah Winfrey did one. Remember when Oprah Winfrey went to Europe and decided to make some public statement about she thought she was profiled because she was black? Everyone in the world knows who Oprah Winfrey is, and nobody profiled her. They even went and found the shop owner who supposedly profiled her, and the shop owner was all, what? I have no idea what you're talking about. 
Oprah Winfrey's a billionaire. Oprah Winfrey, I don't know if she still does this. Oprah Winfrey used to, in order to avoid Chicago traffic, that's where she did her show from. She used to take her personal luxury helicopter from skyscraper to skyscraper and just bounce around town. This human being has a yacht. This human being doesn't have any idea what normal people live through at all. And yet, and yet, she chose to be a victim of racism, and it turned out to be fake, of course. LeBron James did the same thing. No one remembers this, but I remember it, and I remember it well. LeBron James, you know he's going to be a billionaire. Top five most famous people on the planet. LeBron James uh, bays in champagne and caviar if he wants. He hasn't flown commercial in decades and won't ever fly commercial again. It's private jets, private yachts, private islands, the Swedish bikini team, steaks every night. It's whatever he wants. No, no touch with the real world at all. And he moves into some fancy apartment in the L.A. area. And, and immediately, he says he's the victim of a race hoax. And because LeBron, in all seriousness, Oprah at least is a highly intelligent person. LeBron is just so dumb, he couldn't pull it off right. Said he was the victim of a race hoax. Said somebody sprayed something racist on, I believe it was his gate of his home. It was some kind of gate. But then uh, the cops showed up and it wasn't there. And he's like, oh, we already spray painted over it. <laughs> Gosh, it's an idiot. But all right, back to Smollett and LeBron and Oprah. It's not a mystery here. We have, because we are a very, very twisted, lost, rotted society now, we have made victim to be the highest thing one can achieve here. And it was not always that way. And in in good cultures, it's not that way. Good cultures value things like uh, success. Or family. or Those are the things good cultures prioritize. In America, here's a headline for you. 18% of American households are families with married parents. 18%. So we don't value that. We don't push that at all. But man, if you're the victim, life is good, baby. That is what you want to be. Remember, it all came out after the reason Jesse Smollett even committed a race crime against himself, and now it is a crime, pal. The reason he did it against himself, it would have been good for his career. And of course, you know what's crazy? He's right. If he was an actual victim of a hate crime, boom, he would have had a starring role in the next big blockbuster, baby. It would have been interview after interview. He would have written a book. He'd have made $5 million on the next book he wrote, just like Cuomo did when he was killing New Yorkers. Life is good when you're a victim. Why do you think this happens all the time? Now, sadly, we have a Democrat president, so all the fake race crimes, they go away. But the second you get a Republican elected, like when Donald Trump was elected, every Tom, Dick, and Harry has something racist written on their napkin in a restaurant. <laughs> no, that they're all fake. None of them are real. This is the least racist place I've ever been in my life. I mean, people are, well, the the enlightened Europeans. Have you talked to Europeans about race? Yikes. (laughs) I mean, yikes. But look, we're broken, rotted, rotted culture. We have made that now. We've made victim now something people want to achieve. Even if you're LeBron James, 
even if you're Jesse Smollett, even if you're Oprah, even if your entire life is steak and champagne and private jets and fancy parties and pretty girls and silk pajamas, and even if your entire life is the life of a king, the truth is they sit down and they look at their lives. Oprah looks at her life. Jesse looks at his life. Uh, LeBron looks at his life, and he says, man, it's just not complete because I'm not a victim. I need I need to be a victim of racism, or otherwise I'll never achieve top level. And that's a sick, sick place for a country to be. All right, I'm finally going to get, there you go, there's my Jesse Smollett thoughts. I'm going to get to my fishing story, and then we got Senator Cruz coming up in 15 minutes, but first. That's enough ugliness. Let's talk about something happy. Christmas, baby. Christmas time's here. Christmas time is here. Therefore, it is the season of giving. Remember, it's not the season of getting. It's the season of giving. You realize the perfect gift is right there at MyPillow.com, right? I don't want to hear it, ladies. I get these emails because tomorrow's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I get these emails. What do I get my husband for Christmas? I don't know what he likes. Does he like to sleep? I'm going to guess he does. Right now, the original MyPillow is $19.98 at MyPillow.com. $19.98. It's, it's, it's normally over 60 bucks. Your mom? I don't know what to get mom. Do you think mom would like a good night's sleep? Maybe some of those amazing MyPillow slippers or pajamas or the other 150-plus products? Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and use the promo code JESSE. There's your one-stop shop for Christmas. And... Made in America. MyPillow.com, radio listener specials, promo code JESSE. What, Chris? We can make jokes. It's fine. You got that right. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I realize I do owe you a fish story. We still got Senator Ted Cruz in 10 minutes. I got Green Beret Clay Martin coming up next hour. I may just have to ask Clay about the Jesse Smollett verdict, too. But remember, he's going to give us some survival tips out there. It never hurts to have a survival tip or two. Matthew in Ohio. Go, boss. First of all, Jesse, just because Empire was popular does not mean that it's good. It sucks. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Is it? Just- so, hold on. Hold on. Is it still on? I don't even know. I, I tried it for like 10 minutes with my fiance and we shut it off. It was horrible. <laughs> all right. I'm not going to bother then. Yeah, don't bother. Um, second of all, Dave Chappelle said it perfectly. This juicy Smollett dude didn't think about the fact that any MAGA hat wearing news toting dude wouldn't know what that show is or who the hell he is. So that's how everybody saw through it. <laughs> but and sorry if my calls are off the beat. I can't really get your show live, but I wanted to back you up on the whole learning how to shut up thing. Like, kids, it is a skill. It's one that I had to learn, honestly. And, um, Jesse, you mentioned an RV salesman that would talk himself out of a sale, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he already sold it, and then he wouldn't shut up, and then they back out, mm-hmm. right? You know what my dad would say about that guy? What? He couldn't, he couldn't sell rifles at a riot. <laughs> I respect that. Look, look, he's he's referencing something I've been saying on the show, an underrated skill, and he said he had to learn it, and I have had to learn it hard in my life. An underrated skill, and it's something anyone can do. Shut up. 
The, uh, I had someone ask the other day, it was on uh, social media, but I, you've heard me say it on the show before. Someone was going into an interview, a job interview, and they wanted the, the best advice they'd ever gotten for an interview. And I got this advice a long, long time ago, and it was the best advice I'd ever gotten, and now I give it every chance I get. You know what your best advice is for an interview? Obviously, show up on time, show up early, dress nicely, manners, shake hands, look them in the eye, all those things. But you know what the best advice is? Shut up. You're, you're going into an interview, so you want something. You want the job. So you're nervous, understandably. You're, you're going in. This is the, these are tryouts, baby. You, you want the job. And what do people do when they're nervous and they want to impress? The tendency is to talk. Okay, I want this job at, uh, at the tire factory. So what you've done is you've probably looked up, you've made preparations. I know all, the, all about this tire and these tires, and I bet this guy wants to hear about how I can sell this tire, and I have a new tire ideas. And so you're going to go in and you're going to sit down and be, hey, let me, let me tell you about the tire ideas I have, and I know about that. What if he wants to talk about golf? What if he wants to know about your wife, your husband? What if he wants to talk about kids? Maybe he's political. Maybe he wants to talk about that. Maybe, maybe he's one of those guys who wants to talk about the weather. You're too busy running your mouth with the stuff you were preparing to say, and you didn't stop and shut up and listen. You sell yourself. You sell RVs. You do. You look. You sell yourself on a date when you listen. When you listen, people think, men, women, you think you have to go out on a date, and I know you got your little sweetie, and she's a dime, and your your little heart's a pounding, and you're taking her out to whatever you can afford, which is general is not much, but but you're you're taking her out to Waffle House because she's that kind of girl, and you should marry her. But you're taking her out to Waffle House or Red Lobster, something nice, and you think you want to impress, you want to impress your sweetie, and so you run your mouth the whole time. Be quiet. Let her talk. Ask her questions. She's a woman. She's not going to have any problem talking. I promise. Let her what? Chris, it's fine. We can make jokes. Ladies, same thing for you. Let him talk. Shut up. Let him talk. In life, let them talk. And it is one of those skills that you do have to learn. I am now the quiet guy. Believe it or not, you, you, you hear me run my mouth for three hours a night on radio and then an hour on TV. Remember my TV shows on right after this on the first TV, 9 p.m. Eastern. Got Trump's chief, chief of staff, Mark Meadows, on tonight. Got some questions for him. But you hear me talk, so you probably think I like to talk. But everyone who's met me or hung out with me in private is I'm by no means shy, obviously. I just like to sit and watch and listen. At one of these brutal parties the wife will drag me to or any one of these events I have to do for radio or TV and there's these big cocktail parties and things like that. I'm not hiding, but I'll just be over there at my table, relaxing, watching, listening. But I never used to be that way. When I was a kid, I never stopped talking ever. And I, I would just just run my mouth 24 hours a day. My folks still talk about it, how I just I never shut up. You got to learn how to turn it off. You got to learn how to turn it off. Chris, if you wouldn't mind, I, I guess, again, I, I think I probably messed this one up. I promised, I promised that whenever the commander in chief speaks, that is obviously a very big moment. And he had something to say today about the LGBTQ Air Force community. And I thought everyone should hear. Empowering the LGBTQ community plus community, individual. 
I love how they keep adding stuff on. And poor Joe's so ridden with dementia, he can't keep up. Is the LGBT... You know, back in my day, and uh, where am I from? Uh, wherever I'm from, back in my day, it was it was just I think L, and now they're adding pluses on poor Joe. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to Cruz next. Ted Cruz, obviously, you know I'm a Ted Cruz fan. I know him personally. He's a good dude, really, really good dude. Uh, one of the few guys who actually believes what he says he believes, and. I'm not naive about Ted Cruz and 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 what people think about him. I get it. I understand. That. I understand why he didn't necessarily catch on last time to run for president. I, I get it. I'm not one of those guys. But I will tell you, he's the smartest human being I've ever talked to in my entire life. And I mean, and I'm even I'm even comparing him to myself. And I'm telling you, he's smarter than me. If you can believe it, I know that is. I know that's astounding. I know that is astounding. Jesse. We're trying very hard to remain in California until June so my oldest son, who's a senior in high school, can graduate with his class. We've already bought a house in small in a small town in Idaho that's beautiful and free, but I'm not sure we can make it to June. You know, I get a lot of these emails from people of, I don't know if I can take it anymore. I want my kid to stick around. And honestly, I think if my kid was a senior... Probably let him graduate. You're you're half. What are they halfway through the school year, Chris? But man, if he wasn't, you have to make some new friends, Jack. We're out of here. All right, we got Senator Ted Cruz next. Jesse Kelly Show, joining me now, Senator for the great state of Texas, and there aren't that many great senators, Senator Ted Cruz. Senator, first and foremost, I've, I've, I've got to express my frustration with something. Yep. Every time I visit Washington, D.C., I try to go out and have a nice meal there, and the food is dreadful. Is it just Texas that has spoiled me? Why does the most powerful city in the country have bad food? Well, because it's populated by a bunch of liberals. <laughs> You know, if if you want a tofu burger, Washington has that does pretty well on that. But you know, if you actually want barbecue, if you want to get some good beef enchiladas, oh. you're you're out of luck here. I, I will say that the DC can do a decent steak. So so when you next come to DC, I'll. I'll I'll buy you a big ribeye, and, and, and they can at least make up a decent steak here. Okay, that's fair enough. I will take you up on that one, Senator. All right. For, for those of us who don't understand world affairs in the way that you do, Russia, Ukraine, obviously we know the headlines. What's actually going on there? Is this just intimidation tactics? Does Russia actually want it? Would we let them have it? What, what is happening there? So what's happening is is very dangerous, which is right now there are over 100,000 Russian troops that are massed along the border of Ukraine. Now, what does that mean? Uh, Ukraine is a country to the west of Russia. Uh, it used to be part of the Soviet Union, a very important part of the Soviet Union. And when America won the Cold War, when we defeated the Soviet Union, and when it broke apart, Ukraine became an independent nation. Uh, since that time, Ukraine has moved dramatically and has become a strong ally of the United States. They've moved towards the West, towards Europe, uh, and, and they want to stand with us and not be subject to Russian domination. Vladimir Putin is a bully, he's a dictator, and he's a tyrant. 
He has long said that he considers the dissolution of the Soviet Union to be the single greatest geopolitical disaster of the 20th century. And Putin's ambition is to reassemble the Soviet Union. He longs for the past days of Soviet glory. Now, reassembling the Soviet Union would be a terrible outcome from America's perspective. The Soviet Union was a dangerous and formidable enemy, and Russia alone is much weaker and much less dangerous than the Soviet Union was. So he has, Putin has long wanted to invade Ukraine, and in fact he has. In 2014, Putin did invade Ukraine. He invaded a portion of Ukraine that's called Crimea. But then he stopped. He didn't invade through the whole of Ukraine. And there's a reason he stopped, uh, which is that, that Russia the, – the bulk of the revenues for, for Russia come from energy, come from oil and natural gas. And the natural gas that Russia sells to Europe travels through Ukraine. It travels through pipelines going right through the middle of Ukraine. And the reason Putin stopped in 2014 is that if he continued to invade and Ukraine destroyed those pipelines – Russia would have no ability to get, get its natural gas to market, and it would be crippling economically to Russia. So what happened? In 2015, Putin launched a project that's called Nord Stream 2. He said, let's build another pipeline that goes under the sea and that skips Ukraine altogether, all that goes straight from Russia to Germany. And so Nord Stream 2, they began building that. Uh, Nord Stream 2 was designed to let them get their gas to Europe so they could invade Ukraine and conquer it. Well, in 2019, I introduced legislation in the Senate to stop Nord Stream 2. I got the support of Democrats and Republicans, passed it through the Senate, passed it through the House, and President Trump signed it into law. Putin stopped building Nord Stream 2 literally the day that President Trump signed my sanctions legislation. The pipeline was dead. It stayed dead for over a year. Nothing happened on it. It was a hunk of metal at the bottom of the sea until Joe Biden became president. Biden gets sworn in on January 20th, 2021. And four days later, on January 24th, 2021, Putin begins building the pipeline again because Biden was already projecting weakness towards Russia and Putin. And then this summer, Biden waived the sanctions altogether, basically giving a multi-billion dollar gift to Putin. Nord Stream 2 is about to go online, which is why Russia is preparing to invade Ukraine. And it, it, if that happens, that's terrible for Europe and it's terrible for America. Uh, Senator, speaking with obviously Senator Ted Cruz, Senator, can you help me understand why he would grant such a concession to them. I, I understand I don't have anything in common with Joe Biden. I disagree with everything the man does. That's not a secret. But I, I can't wrap my mind around what he gains from such a concession to such an internationally known bad guy. Why? Yeah. why? So it's a great question, and I'll confess, I myself don't fully understand it. I think it was incredibly foolish. Um, I, I think there were two reasons, though, that behind it. Number one... Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's foreign policy to just about every bad guy is weakness. It is appeasement. It, it is – these guys are out of the faculty lounges of Ivy League colleges where, where they believe, you know, make love, not war. Give peace a chance, man. And, 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 and they believe it, it's the same sentiment Neville Chamberlain had that if we just give in to Hitler, gosh, he won't be such a bad guy. 
And it's just hopelessly naive. It's why Joe Biden, in, in fleeing Afghanistan and surrendering to the Taliban, kept talking about what the Taliban needed to do to be welcomed into the community of civilized nations, because they're hopelessly naive, and they think weakness somehow works. You and I both know that weakness and appeasement is provocative. It doesn't work, that the only thing bullies and tyrants understand is strength. So that's number one. Number two... The Biden foreign policy team loves Angela Merkel, the, the, the leader of Germany, until just, just a few days ago. Uh, you know, you know, I've joked that, that, that the Biden foreign policy team goes to sleep at night with votive candles of Angela Merkel under their beds. I mean, they just they hold her up as, as this paragon. And Merkel really wants the pipeline. She's, she's just about the lone uh, person in Europe, leader in Europe, that wants the pipeline. But this was a deal between Putin and Merkel. And the, the Biden foreign policy team said, well, because Merkel wants it, we'll surrender to Putin and screw the rest of Europe in the process. And, and it was spectacularly foolish. And amazingly, in Congress – so I just came from the Senate floor a few minutes ago, and I was debating uh, with Gene Shaheen, a Democrat from New Hampshire, on exactly this issue. Now, Gene Shaheen was my partner in passing the legislation sanctioning Nord Stream 2. In fact, two different bills passed. They were both – Cruz Shaheen. So we authored them together. We worked hand in hand to get Democrats and Republicans to join them together, to get them passed into law. Right now, Democrats, including sadly Senator Shaheen, are scared to stand up to Joe Biden. They know he's wrong. They disagree with him on surrendering to Putin on Nord Stream 2, but partisan loyalty matters to them more, so they're trying to protect the White House for this surrender. But the disaster that's playing out in Ukraine is, is a replay, sadly, of the disaster we saw several months ago in Afghanistan. It's the result of Biden's weakness. Senator Ted Cruz, thank you so much for what you do, sir. Hopefully see you soon for that stake. Thank you, my friend. God bless. He's so smart. Now, everyone knows I'm an incredibly intelligent person. What, Chris? I'm an incredibly intelligent person. I, I actually, I, I know him, as you well know. I know him personally. He doesn't talk over you when you hang out with him. He's a very personable guy. He's fun to hang out with. But when I'm talking to him, I know I feel like he's dumbing stuff down for me because he's so much smarter than I am. <laughs> That's fine. Look, I, I I like when people make concessions on my behalf. <laughs> All right. All right. We still have a bunch more show for you tonight. I have a rare second guest. You know, I don't hardly ever have a second guest. Tomorrow's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I don't even have one guest. But Clay Martin, Green Beret, Marine Corps Recon, he's going to be on about 45 minutes from now. He's going to give us some survival things about America today. Not out in the jungle, America today where you live. So hang on for that. But first, it's Christmas time. And I'm not naive. I know when you're Christmas shopping for your kids, believe me, I know you're looking for whatever, depending on their age, you're looking for the newest video game or a little doll, maybe a brand new cell phone. Maybe they, I, I understand that. I understand you're not on the hunt for books for your kids. If I may make a suggestion on stocking stuffer day, get them some Tuttle Twins books. I don't care if they're toddlers or all the way up to teenagers, or anything in between. There's different books for different age groups. 
Your kids will enjoy the Tuttle Twins books and they will learn about communism. They will learn about freedom, the role of government, the golden rule, property rights. You want your kids to learn these things? Fine. Get them books they will enjoy Well, they will learn. Go to TuttleTwinsJesse.com for 35% off. TuttleTwinsJesse.com. I've got an animal inside of me. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I'm going to get to your calls, and I'm going to get to your emails, and I'm going to get to my my sinking of the boat story that I know I'm late on. I know I'm late on. But look, we had breaking news, and I thought, I thought in the honor of Jesse Smollett and him being found guilty of yet another race hoax in this country, seems to be a common theme around here, I thought we should pay homage to Dave Chappelle who did one of the more hilarious stand-up bits making fun of him that I've ever seen in my life. This is a little longer than I normally play, but, I mean, forget it. If we can't laugh at some James, Dave Chappelle on a night like this, then who are we? Y'all never heard of Juicy Smouye? <laughs> Juicy Smouye is an actor from France. And, and he became famous on a show called Empire. One night, he was in Chicago late at night and was the victim (laughs) He was the victim of a a racist and homophobic attack. You see, Juicy Smouye is gay and he is black, not just French. Apparently, when he's walking down the street late at night, two white men came out of the shadows uh, with MAGA hats on, beat him up, tied a rope around his neck and put some bleach on him and ran off into the night. And everybody was furious, especially in Hollywood. It's all over everybody's Twitter feed and Instagram page, justice for juice. And, and for some reason, uh, African-Americans, we were like oddly quiet. Because we understood that was clearly lying. If you was a police veteran taking this kid's police report, okay, Mr. Smoulier, please tell me what happened. All right, 2 a.m. You left the house at 2 a.m. It's minus 16 degrees. All right. You were walking. You were walking. All right. And, and where were you going? Subway. Sandwiches? That's when the men approach you? Did you see them? Do you have any? Okay, what do they have on? MAGA hats! MAGA hats on in Chicago? Excuse me one second, Mr. Smoulier. Frank, come here for a second. Find out where Kanye West was last night. <laughs> so thank you to Dave Chappelle. All right. All right. All right. 877-377-4373. Here's the quick story that I've apparently been promising for days and forgot to actually deliver on. I do that from time to time. <clears throat> we were in Montana 
And in Montana, you really, really do a lot of outdoor activities. Remember, I was born in Ohio. I moved to Montana when I was 10. And part of the reason my old man wanted to move us out there is he wanted to go hunting and fishing. And so he'd take me hunting and fishing. And we decide we're going to go fishing one day along the river. It's actually the Madison River is where we were going, in case you're curious. Uh, you might be curious because I'm almost positive the boat is still there. We decide we're going to go fishing. Me, my old man, and another guy, a friend of my dad's, great man, he's dead now, rest in peace, his name is Roy. Don't worry, he didn't die in the story. It's not getting too dark, I promise. But we show up to go fishing on this river. And I need to explain a couple things about most Montana rivers, at least the ones I'm, I'm used to. One, almost all of them at some point in time, because we're dealing with a mountainous area, Almost all of them at some point in time are going to have really, really fast parts of the river. They're not all just gentle meandering streams. They'll have parts that are like that. And then there are parts where it's fast. And then there are parts where it's flat out dangerous. Those are called rapids. You can go whitewater rafting. I would highly recommend it, by the way. You can do those things. But we weren't whitewater rafting, okay? We were just fishing. The plan was we load up in the little boat. We put her out in the middle of the Madison, and we simply float on down the river fishing for trout. And that's just that was how we were going to spend our day. Now, this is the part. This is the part where I will admit all three of us screwed up, and I will. I was old enough to know better, so I will share responsibility equally with my old man and with Roy. Roy provided the boat, and I don't remember. I truly don't remember if he borrowed it from a friend or if it was his boat. But the plan was the three of us show up. My old man's big. You know I'm 6'8". I wasn't 6'8 then, but I was still decent size. My old man's 6'4", 6'5", 250. I mean, we're, 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 the Kellys are larger people. Roy was not a small man. And we show up, and Roy's boat is not a big boat. It is. You seen that scene from Tommy Boy when he's sitting out in the middle of the water and he's too fat so the boat looks like it's about sunk down in? I knew, and my old man even said something when we looked, that boat looks a little small for the three of us to get in. And again, maybe that would work. Maybe that would work if you're going out on a lake or something. So where no waves, no rapids, no nothing, you can probably get away with it. I wouldn't recommend it, but we're going out in the water. And one more thing about rivers up in the Rockies, this applies to, I mean, I, I know we have so many listeners in places like Denver and Oregon and things like that. This, anywhere in the Rockies, that water, who wants to tell them? You want me to tell them? It's cold. And I mean, it's cold in the summertime too, let alone spring, fall. Most of that water is runoff. It's snow or ice runoff from the mountains, runs off down into the river. It's cold water. That's also going to apply to our story today. Now, when I say I'm sharing responsibility, this is what I mean. Dudes, I, I can't speak for women on this. I'm sure women have their own areas where they have huge blinders on. But dudes have a hard time in the face of doing something fun they want to do, pulling the ripcord. You know, you have a hard time saying, no, I don't think this is safe. I don't think this is smart. You know what I mean. You're going out. You decide you're going to go out with your buddies. You're going to go you know, catch a game at a sports bar somewhere, and one of your buddies can't control himself, and he shows up, and he's already a little lit up and lippy, and you're thinking, oh, gosh, we're going to, we're going to end up having to get in a fight tonight if we bring him out. You know what I mean? But you don't want to be that guy who says we can't go. 
I'm looking at this boat, and so is my dad, and so is Roy, and we know we shouldn't go. We made a bad decision. I'll finish in a second. Jesse Kelly Show, final hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. We got Clay Martin, Green Beret, coming up about 30 minutes from now, giving us some more survival tips. What are some things you should be doing? And I, no, I don't mean you're dropped, you're dropped in Antarctica. Make sure you drink your pee. I'm not, it's not going to be nothing like that. It's going to be you're here in America. It's a little rough out there. What are some things, basic things you should be doing, I should be doing? Let's figure that out. We'll get But back to my story. And in case you missed this story, the whole thing's available at iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. I'm, I'm telling a story about how I went fishing in Montana, and, and it didn't go well back when I was a kid. Oh, and before I forget, tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions in now. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Back to my story. Me, my old man, and Roy were looking at this boat, and everyone knows this boat is not big enough. It's just not big enough. It's not smart to get out on the water. But again, this is a thing with dudes. I can't speak for women on this. We have a hard time tapping the brakes when you're right on the cusp of a good time and something looks unsafe. It's just hard to tap the brakes on it. So we loaded our tackle boxes and our fishing poles in this little boat. And we loaded ourselves in the little boat. We're right over there by the shore. There's no motor either. Remember, we're oars. We're all oars on this thing. And I'm not exaggerating when I say the distance between the edge of the boat, you know, the side edges of the boat and the water, seven inches, eight inches. (laughs) And remember, this is a river that's moving in places, really, really moving. Okay, well, not the end of the world. That's not the end of the world yet. We shove off and we start fishing. And I don't know if you've ever done any river fishing. If you do it safely, it really, really is a blast because you have a constant change of scenery. You're just fishing your way down the river and you have little trolling motors and things like that, things you can do to do it safely. People do it by themselves all the time now. You can do it really well, but it is a blast. If you ever get a chance to do one or or you come into a little money, you can get a guide to do one. I've never done a guided one, but I've, I've talked to buddies who have. That sounds really cool. But anyway, do it if you can. We're fishing our way down the river and fishing our way down the river. And eventually, wham, I get one. And I know it's big. And everyone knows it's big. This is a big trout. And so once that happens, once, once when you're fishing in a group like that, especially in a boat, and someone gets something big on the line, there's that excitement that just flows through the air. Everyone's excited. Everyone wants to see what it is. So everyone, most of the time, you'll just flat out reel yours in and you'll focus on, okay, does it need a net? Let's figure out what's going on. And I've got this thing on. And I've got this thing on. And the boat now, I want you to understand the direction the boat is heading. We are heading sideways down the river, meaning the front of the boat is heading towards the shore, is pointed towards the shore, and the back of the boat is pointed towards the shore. The boat is heading sideways down the river. Are we clear? I'm not even using nautical terms here, so I don't talk past anybody. In these rivers, especially these Rocky Mountain rivers, there are rocks. There are rocks that are flat out sticking out of the water. 
You definitely want to avoid those, but those are easier to avoid. And then there are other rocks. There are rocks that aren't quite sticking out of the water. The water is flowing over the top of the rock. And you really have to watch out for those. Why do you have to watch out for those? Well, think about the volume of water that is flowing down that river at any given moment. And let's just say, hypothetically, you were in a boat and it wasn't clearing out of the water very high. And that boat was to, for some reason, stop in the middle of the river. What do you think would happen? Allow me to spoil it for you. Everyone's watching me because I'm reeling in what I think is going to be a big fish. We'll get to that in a moment. What I think is going to be a very, very big fish. I've caught enough fish to know it was a very big big fish. And we did not see, because we just weren't paying enough attention. Everyone was worried about the fish. We did not see the partially submerged rock right in the river, right in our path. And all of a sudden, all at once, the boat hits the rock underneath the surface and Boom, the boat fills up with water immediately. I don't mean water started to leak in. There's such a volume of water coming down the river, the water fills up the boat instantly. Remember what I just said about the the, the temperature of the water? It is cold. And I mean, it's like it's like that. Uh, I don't know if you've had any experience getting in cold water. I've had to do it more than once in my life. You get this feeling like there are little needles all over your body. That's what it was like. We're all doing the, the kind of deep breath thing as we as we go down. Now, by the grace of God, it wasn't too deep. It was you know, five feet deep, six feet deep. So no one no one's going to drown as long as we can get to the shore. The river's moving pretty fast. No one's going to drown, but there's no saving the boat. The boat is at the bottom of the river before my feet touched the bottom of the river. It filled up, gone. My tackle box, my old man's tackle box with all those years of fishing tackle, it is racing down the river and it's never coming back, gone. But the one thing I do have, the one thing I do have is the fish on the other end of my line. I at least had the presence of mind I was not losing that fish. So I still have my fishing pole out, but I'm trying to half walk, half swim towards the shore. Now I... I'm not a man of athletic ability, but I am a very good swimmer. I'm sure it's just because I'm so long and my hands are big and my feet are big. I just I'm, I can swim. I, I'm just I've always been a big swimmer. Chris, will you please? I'm I'm a good swimmer. So I'm holding on and I'm swimming with one hand and swimming with my legs and I'm getting over the shore. And we finally all get to the shore and we're all shivering. I mean, lips chattering because the water's so cold. And I get onto the shore soaking wet, and I still have the fishing pole in my left hand, still trying to reel this fish in, and I start reeling him back in because at least, okay, the day's been a disaster. At least we're going to get the fish. Get him all the way over to the shore. He's five feet away from me. He is a monster, and boom, line breaks. I'll never forget that moment in my entire life of just sitting down on the shore, just sitting down on the shore and saying, ah, that sucks. (laughs) So there, you wanted the fishing story. It was a brief one. That's the fishing story. See, there's no limit to everything. Anything I, I haven't screwed up at some point in time in this life. All right. Back to what we were talking about a little earlier, because I actually have something I want to bring up about. We have the Pfizer CEO 
has a very, very interesting thing he's calling for out there now. But I, I don't want to get to that. I don't want to get to that quite yet. Pause on that for a minute. Let's talk about this. Let's talk once again about the coordinated, dishonest, lying campaign you're seeing from the Biden administration. When you look at most of the um, the increase in uh, food costs, you can isolate a significant portion of that to uh, meat, uh, beef, pork, and chicken. In particular, those are very concentrated industries. Where it's no big deal. You're, why are you Why are you complaining about your grocery bill? It's no big deal. It's uh, look. It's just some meat. I love how it's just meat. Uh, meat is the most central part of most people's diets. Chicken and beef. Uh, pork for everyone but you, Chris. Do you understand what I mean? But, oh, oh, it, it's well beyond just standard White House people. Here's an independent guy who does a show on MSNBC. Here's Jim Cramer. To me, we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever seen. See that number this morning, that unemployment number? It's the best in years. It's not best in 69. We have all spotted the endless help wanted signs, the housing and apartment shortages, the tremendous demand for goods and services, a marvel to behold. Oh, people are confident about their jobs. I say fantastic. And the ability to even get better ones if they want to. They're spending more than I've ever seen, but they're doing it with cash, not on credit. They're doing so in a Roaring Twenties style. Uh, everyone remember what happened right after the Roaring Twenties? Oh, anyway, anyway, I don't want to distract. I don't want to distract from the issue. Here's also remember this is all coming out in about a 24, 48-hour period. Here's White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain. Hi, I'm Ron Klain, White House Chief of Staff. There's a lot of talk about how the economy's doing. Here are a few key facts that show the economy is growing and recovering under President Biden. Last week, the government reported that the unemployment rate's down to 4.2%. That's three years faster than experts predicted it would happen before we passed the rescue plan back in March. How many jobs? We've created six million jobs this year. That's more than any president in history has created in his first year in office. One reason we've created yeah, so you, many you get jobs. the idea. You get the idea. And this is why I said I brought this up at the very beginning of the show. If you missed it, you can download any part of the show, iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. This is why I said it at the very beginning. It's brilliant what they're doing. They know you're mad. They know you see the costs. They know you're mad about the cost of gas. Like I said, some places in California, it's over $5 a gallon. Over $5 a gallon. Normal people can't live like that. They know you're mad. So don't tell a little lie. Don't say sorry. Simply just lie through your teeth and tell everyone it's great. All right. One of my favorite things in the world. We're going to do that next. Plus, take some phone calls. 877-377-4373. Have you bought the Tuttle Twins books yet? Listen, it is Christmas time. I'm sure you probably already have them for your kids, whether they're toddlers or teenagers or anything in between. You probably already have these books that teach your kids about communism, about money, about laws, freedom of speech. What what even are rights? Could your kid describe rights to you if you asked them? But does your brother have it? Does your cousin's kids, do they have it? It's Christmas time. Go to TuttleTwinsJesse.com. These are incredible Christmas gifts. And look, hey, if you want to be deceitful about it, you don't have to tell them you're teaching their kids about rights and government. They're just entertaining books. You can sit and read these and not know there's a message behind it, but there is. You will learn. Your kids will learn. TuttleTwinsJesse.com gives you 35% off plus free activity workbooks. Don't just hope they're going to learn. Make sure they do. Miss something? There's a podcast. 
Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Got my friend Clay Martin coming up 10 minutes from now. Going to try to teach us how to survive in this crazy world. 877-377-4373. But before we get to the calls, I will, first I want to remind everyone tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. For new listeners, no guests, no calls on Friday. It's all the questions you email in. And they do not have to be political. They can be about Anything. History, men, women, travel, food, stupid things. Email jesse at jessekellyshow.com with your question. We will tackle them tomorrow on the Jesse Kelly Show. It's a little different, but isn't the week heavy enough? We might as well lighten it up even more. But before we get to any of that, I want to I want to take a minute because I don't have a ton of passions in life. You know I'm a sociopath. This uh, Being a sociopath means I never really get too up or too down. I just kind of very, very even keel. I don't have a lot that I really, really, really love. But one of the things, one of the, probably the thing I'm most passionate about, the thing that really stirs my heart is being right about things and being able to rub it in people's faces. What, Chris? Do you remember... You remember what I've been saying about what the end goal is going to be for the vaccine? Do you remember? In case you don't remember, this is a radio show and we record every show. I remember, and I had the fellas dig up this little tidbit. It never ends. There's not there's not an end date for it. Look, and don't don't think to yourself, well, that's just New Zealand. It's already coming here. I've been telling you forever. The end goal is a subscription service, basically, an annual COVID vaccine. Here's Dr. Fauci. Is it a matter now of when, not if, the definition yeah. of fully vaccinated changes? You know, my own personal opinion, Kate, is what you said is correct. It's going to be a matter of when, not if. Matter of when, not if. And let's let's do keep in mind, maybe you're not a small business owner. Maybe you don't care. Let's do keep in mind this vaccine obsession, this mandate obsession is crazy. Man, that's that sounds like, boy, what a crazy, an annual subscription. Don't be ridiculous, Jesse. Just let me get my fifth booster and I'll be fine. Well, do here's you, the CEO of Pfizer. He uh, thinks differently. Do you predict that we're going to end up seeing fourth doses, fifth doses? If we have to make a guess based on everything I have seen so far, I would say that likely will be needed annual revaccinations to maintain very robust and very, very high level of protection. You expect to generate, I think, more than $35 billion in sales this year. What would you say to those who regard it as immoral to cash in during a pandemic? I believe that uh, we have saved the global economy trillions of dollars. I think it's a strong incentive for innovation for the next pandemic that people will see that if they stepped up to the game to bring something that saves lives, that saves money, there's also financial reward. We didn't do it for that, but I think it's a good thing that there is a financial reward. Did you catch that part at the beginning? I just, I want to make sure you caught the part at the beginning. Chris, if you wouldn't mind, replay it again. I'm not going to play the whole thing. Just the very beginning. Remember when I've been saying their goal for these people is not to solve COVID, it's for you to sign up and basically have an annual subscription, so you don't even think about it. It's just part of your yearly routine to go 
plunk down a bunch of money and buy a vaccine from Pfizer. Man, that sounded really crazy about 24 hours ago until the Pfizer CEO said it. Do you predict that we're going to end up seeing fourth doses, fifth doses? If we have to make a guess based on everything I have seen so far, I would say that likely will be needed annual revaccinations to maintain very robust and very, very high level of protection. You know, I didn't give myself the nickname Jesse the Oracle Kelly just because I'm arrogant. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge part of it. And in all seriousness, you know why I was right, if we're being honest? It's obviously not because I'm an oracle, and it's certainly not because I'm intelligent, because I have understood this is all about money and power from the very beginning. And once you accept that, everything else makes sense. David in Massachusetts, go. Yes. I just wanted to point out I agree with you with regard to the communists, the Democrats, uh, telling the big lie and then doubling down. But I think you need to point out that when you talk about it being about power and money, that the Republicans can be just as guilty, and that Trump, Trump and even Rush pointed this out, was the king of the double and the triple down. And there were so many, whether it was with regard to health care, whether it was regard to the border wall, whether it was regard to the virus being gone by Easter, the election being stolen, he continues to tell the big lie and to double and triple down. So I just think you need to point that out in order to maintain your uh, rock-solid credibility, Jesse. Well, uh, one, I don't have credibility, per se. There's no credibility for me to maintain. Two, uh, yeah, a lot of people should do exactly what Trump did. In fact, most of the right should. And no, I'm not talking about, look, it hurts him, too, as much as it helps him. Trump's still out there now, and he is a guy who really, really has always understood the pulse of the base. He's still out there now playing vaccine salesman. And you know why he's doing it, because he thinks he should get credit for the vaccine. He doesn't understand what time it is. It's not get vaccinated or don't get vaccinated. Man, shut up about the daggone vaccine. It's not working. One, two. People are mad because mandates have come with it. Just shut up about the vaccine, but he can't make himself do it. He can't do it. But a lot of that stuff Trump did, I don't care if it made you uncomfortable. That's how the game needs to be played now. That's part of the reason they hated him so much. I mean, honestly, it came off kind of cartoonish sometimes, but it's the way you need to play the game. Uh, Trump is, uh, did you do uh, this thing wrong? Actually, I did it better than anyone's ever done it in history. And you can laugh. Oh, gosh, that's just Trump being Trump. That's what they do. Guess who's been winning for the last hundred years? Winning for the last hundred years. The communists. They never back off, slow down, admit fault. Not in a million years. You know what? Maybe I'll ask Mark Meadows about that. My show on the first TV is on 9 p.m. Eastern tonight, and I've got Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, on, so I'll ask him about that. But coming up next, my buddy Clay Tra- or Clay Martin is joining us, former Green Beret, recon Marine. He's going to tell us something about surviving in this country. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Joining me now is our old friend Clay Martin, former Marine Scout sniper, former Marine Recon, then Green Beret for ages because he's a traitor and author of the book Prairie Fire. Clay, first and foremost, Prairie Fire. I know you wrote Urban Jungle. I know a lot of people have read on read that on you know surviving in the city. 
Prairie Fire, what is it? Uh, Prairie Fire was the uh, the follow up, and that was uh, essentially the, the full title says "Guide to Surviving Civil War Two." Basically, a blueprint for uh, red counties to both survive and win in a uh, national divorce, uh, but contested, if you will, type of environment. Clay, you have some interesting things to say. I've had phone calls. I've had emails to this show, several of them, asking me things like, hey, why, uh, why not join this gigantic group? Or why not join uh, uh, the, you know, the Oath Keepers or something like that? You have interesting advice for people when it comes to groups and rallies and things like that. Can you give us a little insight into your wisdom there? I, I, I certainly do, and it was uh, it was actually a little bit prophetic that I wrote the chapters on that piece, and the book came out before January 6th of last year, because what we've learned after January 6th is that all the leadership of all the three percenters, Oath Keepers, they're all feds. Every one of them is a federal informant. It's insane. Uh, and that was why my advice, and I stand by this, although I've, I've, I've caught a ration of it from some of the, the super far right guys. I do believe that militias have a place, and I do believe that you should be forming one, but you should be forming one with your county sheriff, like directly under his, you know, authority, kind of the way that they've done in Virginia, uh, where Virginia, you know, basically threatened to you know, deputize, like, every adult male in a county, for instance. They've already kind of taken that step, and uh, to me, that's really the only way that it works in the modern world. Clay, okay, so people are out there right now, they're in the suburbs, or they're flat out in rural America, and they're looking on, understandably, in horror at our major cities. We have 12 major cities hitting all-time highs in homicides, and they're worried. People move to the burbs, not because the concerts or food are better, they move to the burbs for safety, and they're worried that that filth is going to come their way. Is it? And if it is, what should they be doing about that? Well, and it is. It's, it's going to head that way. That's, I mean, that's just the way that these things work. As, as the cities catch more and more fire, there will be you know, kind of economic refugees that, that spread out from that. And once there's nothing left to steal in the cities, you know, it just kind of naturally evolves that direction. That's just the, the way this has always gone. Uh, basically, the only thing you can do to, to, to deal with that eventuality is, is organize and, and have it together and you know, basically, we're looking at like a starting with a, a super robust uh, neighborhood watch. You know, and, and hopefully we never get to the part with like sandbags and more piss and stuff. But <laughs> you know, that's not off the table. Speaking with Clay Martin, former Marine, former Green Beret, Clay. Okay, uh, explain this to me. There's a lot of Russia-Ukraine talk in the news. I think people, I think people don't understand the things Russia is capable of, things they're not capable of. Handicap Russia's military in general. Who are they? How are they? How are their spec ops types? How's their missile technology? What what is Russia? Uh, Russia's kind of a, it's, a, it's a funny one uh, because of how much they've changed in the last twenty years. Uh, the, the first piece you have to look at, I think, with Russians, though, is the, uh, the, the mindset as opposed to just the, the military stuff. Uh, there was a, a common saying in officer circles, especially amongst the uh, Cold War guys, that we play checkers and they play chess. And that's really true. They, they have a, typically now, especially post-communist, they have a, a level of strategic thinking and depth of strategic thinking that we can't match. Now, as far as militarily goes, it's funny. They were a joke back around 2002, 2003. Uh, when was the, uh, the Beijing Olympics? Was that 2004? I, I think, think so, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So that was when uh, they, the Russians invaded Georgia. Well, I happened to know guys that were in Georgia at the time, and uh, they, they laughed about it at the time, basically. They're like, look, like one out of three tanks didn't get across the line of departure because it was broken down <laughs> through maintenance issues. <laughs> so they were, I mean, they were a joke then. But now, oh, good Lord, uh, I, I would have to say that Putin has done a revitalization there that is nothing short of a miracle. Um, I would put them arguably toe-to-toe with us on armor, fighters, all that stuff. And, you know, obviously I don't have access to it. We've never had access to that kind of top-secret stuff. But if what's been said about the hypersonic missiles is true, and we really don't have anything to match that, that's a, that's a game-changer. Okay, what about their spec ops types, the Spetsnaz types? That, are they are they just crazy? Are they really are they are they receiving the same level of training as like you've spent a career receiving? Or where what are those guys? How are those guys? That's uh, that's another thing that I feel like has been modernized and revitalized. Now, always before they were harder than us. Like those dudes are, I mean, they're tough as nails. Like because Russians and, and communists when they were uh, you know Soviets had absolutely no regard for human life. I mean, these dudes were out, you know, training hand-to-hand combat at full speed on prisoners in the gulag and stuff. Mm. They were hard as nails. But the only thing they could really beat us at tactically was a shovel-throwing contest back then. The commies didn't have much ammo. While their guys were dangerous, they weren't dangerous in the same way that, say, a U.S. Army infantryman is with night vision goggles and tactics and, you know, guns and stuff. Now... And I would also say that we saw some serious shenanigans from uh, Russian spec ops at, like, the, yeah, the Bethlehem Theater, where they did manage to kill all the terrorists, but they killed most of the hostages, too. Uh, I, Without having been there recently, though, I would say they've probably revitalized and are, are probably on par with anybody else. And, in fact, maybe a little bit better at the uh, traditional Russian strength of, like, uh, infiltration and uh, subterfuge, that kind of thing. You mentioned fighters in armor earlier, Clay. Uh, obviously, air power is not a small thing as much as that pains me to say it. Air forces are incredibly important these days. You, you're saying they have fighters that can hang with our fighters? Arguably so. Now, also, again, not being a, a, a fighter pilot myself, that not being like exactly my area of expertise, it does look like, though, yes, they have things that will match ours. Okay. And that was before we got Joe Biden's diversified military. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Well, that's funny you brought that up, Clay, because that was my next point. Obviously, you are a guy who spent your entire adult life doing really, really high-speed things in the Marine Corps and then the Army. Uh, people say to themselves all the time, I have people write in all the time, and I'm complaining about what they're doing in the military. They'll say things like, well, it's not going to come for the Marines, or uh, at least the Green Berets <laughs> won't go that way. And I try to explain how it's already coming for everyone. It's happening right now. Please tell people. Oh, yeah, that's exactly the, that is exactly the truth. W- without you know putting on my misogyny hat too much, uh, there were – anomalies that happened with both the first woman that passed Raider School and then about two years later, the first woman that passed the other Special Forces course. Uh, there were things that happened that would have never happened to anybody else. You know, second chance is here. Maybe we lighten the rucksacks a little bit. And it is happening to everyone. And the, the biggest problem I see right now, though, is that's like the one-two punch of, on the one hand, they're lowering these standards and weakening things. And on the other hand, 
you've got a lot of talent that is going to leave over the vaccine mandate. As I've been saying, his name is Clay Martin. His book is Prairie Fire. If you want an instruction manual on basic things you should be doing, making sure you're safe, highly recommend it. Clay, simplify, my brother. Simplify, brother. Thank you. All right. Coming up, we have a little montage to play you real quick, and then we have headlines I didn't get to, and then you know what that means. After that, it's officially Ask Dr. Jesse Friday as soon as the show's over. But, look, it's crazy out there, right? I mean, I just, I just brought up that book about keeping yourself prepared. And I know you've done things to get yourself prepared, whether that's an extra can of beans or ammunition, whatever the case may be. What about money? What about being able to have something of value no matter what? You remember the inflation expert we had on? The things he said about hyperinflation in other areas and what happens when the value of everything you own, the value of your dollars simply disappears. Call Oxford Gold Group, tell them Jesse told you to call, and they will deliver gold to your front doorstep. Call 833-995-GOLD. I'm not now, nor will I ever tell you to do something radical or crazy or bankrupt yourself. Get what you can to make sure you're not destroyed if hyperinflation comes. 833-995-GOLD, Oxford Gold Group. Tell them Jesse told you to call. The Jesse Kelly Show. I like it. Returns next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And again, we, we will get the headlines I didn't get to in a second. But tomorrow, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions emailed in to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Ask me anything. It doesn't matter. doesn't have to be political. I mean, I played this earlier, and everyone's mad about it. The Pfizer CEO proving me right once again and saying this. Do you predict that we're going to end up seeing fourth doses, fifth doses? If we have to make a guess based on everything I have seen so far, I would say that likely will be needed annual revaccinations to maintain very robust and very, very high level of protection. Annual vaccinations. And you remember... Do you remember back when I played this for you? And remember when I, I played this for you, remember what I said? You don't spend this kind of money in advertising unless you're expecting a strong ROI, return on investment. It is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. Sponsored by Pfizer. They had a plan. They're executing it perfectly. Are we going to be smart enough to wake up and stop complying? All right. And now. Here's a headline. By the, go, you know the, you know the thing. Headlines we didn't get to. Surgeon General warns of youth mental health crisis. 
No. Really? There's no, boy, there's no possible way that the kids will be having a mental health crisis. I mean, we've, we've told them for two years now that a disease that's actually not dangerous to them at all was going to kill them any moment. And then we lined them up and gave them vaccines. Oh, yeah, we sent them home so they couldn't hang out with their friends and play and hang out in school. Uh, I still see parents all over the place with masks on their children as they play outside in the park. What did you think was going to happen? Did you think that was going to create a, an, an environment for well-rounded, well-adjusted kids? Of course we're wrecking these poor kids. It's been horrible. No deaths have been linked to Omicron yet, raising cautious optimism. Yes, yes, let's all just be cautiously optimistic instead of just logically say, okay, it's a mild cold, go back to work. Gislaine Maxwell trial, before defense begins a case... Or before defense begins, case attorney falls ill and the court is postponed. Any trial involving someone where the last guy, quote, committed suicide when the cameras went out and the guards fell asleep is going to create a certain level of suspicion in people whenever the defense attorney falls ill. I'm not going to read too much into it. I do find it interesting how little coverage there is for the media out there about a trial involving all the most well, well, involve many of the most wealthy, powerful men in the world possibly be involved in an international trafficking ring. Senate vote clears way for Democrats to raise the debt ceiling on their own. 14 Republicans joined all 50 Democrats in voting for its passage. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, John Barrasso, Wicker, Shelley Moore, Susan Collins, Roy Blunt, Tom Tillis, Lisa Murkowski, Richard Burr, Joni Ernst, John Corrin, what a shock, Mitt Romney, and Rob Portman. What a group of losers. George Soros caught funding Abolish the Police Activist Network. I have said before, I will say it again. There is not a single significant empire in the entire history of the world that would have tolerated a foreign-born rich guy using his money to fund violence and death and civil unrest within their borders. Not a single nation in the history of mankind would have stood for such a thing. Every one of them would have handled that problem. COVID-1984. Boris locking down Britain before Christmas again. This never ends. If you're in red state America right now and you hear the sound of my voice, you better realize how blessed you are. If you're in blue state America, get to red state America. There are people across the globe. We actually have a bunch of UK listeners, and you know the the affection I have for that country. There are some hardcore right-wing people who are stuck there, and they don't have the option to just drive down to Alabama and move there. They're stuck there, and that sucks. Fact check. No tie between Ghislaine Maxwell trial and the New York City chief medical examiner's departure. Oh, I don't know that there's any tie-in. I just know I'm going to go full conspiracy theory with all this. <laughs> it's just crazy. 12 major cities hit all-time high homicide records. It's not crazy at all. Not crazy in the least. We spent months watching animals from Antifa and Black Lives Matter burn down American cities. The pundits and politicians on the right were too weak to stand up to the left narrative that cops were a bunch of racists hunting down black men for sport. In response, the 
Various cities were talking about here defunded and handcuffed the police, and then the Soros-funded DAs turned the violent criminals loose. This is not difficult to figure out what happened. Everyone knows what happened. Let's not play stupid here. Headline, only 18% of American households are families with married parents. You know how I talk about school boards and all these other things, and all those things are very important? Just know, until that number changes, nothing will ever change. That's down from over 40% in 1970. 18%. There is no fixing the nation until that gets fixed. Electric vehicle push is sparking massive deforestation and environmental damage. Well, that, the electric vehicle push is only about lining the pockets of politicians and billionaires. It has nothing to do with the environment. The environmentalists don't care about the environment. Black Lives Matter doesn't care about black people. LGBTQ Air Force doesn't care about gay people. And feminists most certainly don't care about women. They all carry about money and power. They're all scumbag communists. Remember that. Now, that's enough of the ugly stuff. Let's talk about something wonderful. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com is the email address. Get your questions in because tomorrow's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. That's all. So-